So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. All right, what is up, Atlanta? And welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. And we are here for, what is it now, part four, Joe? Yes. Part yes. four of the Strength and Health Project. Um, and this is, again, guys, where we are picking apart different articles from the 60s and 70s by John McCollum and his book, Keys to Progress. And the reason why we do this, again, is because I, we think that there's a. it's really fun to take a, take a, open up a time capsule from the strength and conditioning world and see what applies, what's stuck, where were they ahead of their times from a thought process from, what have we refined, what have we like known, what have we kind of gotten away from, uh, either on purpose or because of trends, right? So uh, this is a really fun project for us. And this one in particular, I know Joe's super excited. He's got his super sane shirt on. So I know he's ready. He's busy. <laughs> That's right. Vegeta's uh, ready to go. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're ready to rock for this one. But this one, uh, it's a really quick article. It's about a page and a half, but there's so much to pick apart on it. And it's all about the squat, the Mac daddy of strength and conditioning, powerlifting, uh, whatever, whatever. If you want to get big, according to John McCollum, if you want to get big, you better be doing some squats. Big and strong and powerful squats. And he, he says, in fact, many times in this book, the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Rose Bowl. Let's go. Man, I'll tell you what. This, this line right here lets you know how much he th- how uh, highly he thinks of the squat. He goes, uh, we're only going to talk about one exercise this month, just one. Because if you haven't got the size and strength you'd like, or if you haven't gained like you think you would, then read this carefully because it might be the most important thing you'll ever do in your weightlifting career. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the next that- we're going to talk about is the squat. <laughs> well, and, the, and, the, and I love how the even article kicks off because, you know, for me, this is one of the articles that kind of just pulls at my heart in the best way where I'm like, this brings balance to modern times and even just um, in just business relations, perhaps, and how you handle with people. Because, you know, he, he writes this one a little bit from the gym owner's perspective. You come to find out he's also running this little gym. Yeah. And it, the, the article opens with a kid who's in his gym who's tiny and not getting gains. And he walks up to him and says, why aren't you doing the squat program I put you on? And he goes, um, do the program or leave. <laughs> and, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it, it's not, and, you know, it's not just enough to collect, you know, to collect the dues from the guy, you know, you need to be in here working um, because uh, you loafing in here um, isn't attracting the people I want in my gym. So you totally. need to get out or get in the squat rack and the kid goes and squats, <laughs> you know, it's awesome. And I, you can see him. I mean, and, and this is kind of the message throughout the book, like work hard or get out, you know, and, totally. 
and you know, I've been on teams and I've been in classrooms and the climate is not like that at all anymore. And, and to me, it reminds me of, you know, to some degree football saved my life. And it's because I had coaches in that sport that were like that, you know, yeah. I, you can earn my respect by putting an effort and then I'll put my hand over your shoulder after I beat you down. Yeah. The beat, the beat down comes first yeah. and you're totally. going to put work in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I miss it. Totally. I was talking about that. So, uh, you know, uh, my wife, she, we're, we're expecting um, due dates here, July 27th, um, little, little boy. And, um, you know, we've got these baseball diamonds that are out by our house. And we always like walk, it's like through this park, like this little trail that we go through and it opens up to like these three or four just beautiful uh, baseball diamonds. And there's always like, you know, little league baseball going on. And uh, sometimes you'll hear a coach like really getting after a kid, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and you can tell it's like all out of love, you know? Uh, but like, I'll tell him just like, man, that is one of the, I hope that our kid, like first and foremost, I hope our kid is healthy. That's, that goes without saying, right? Like outside of that, I really don't care what happens, but I hope that our kid, if I'm being a little selfish, enjoys sports or wants to yeah. play sports because I don't think that there's really any other aspect and look kind of to your point, maybe that's even starting to fade in, in this realm too. But like, I really don't think there's really other, there's another aspect of life where you can get chewed out, chewed on a little bit, right? Like get, uh, get, get yelled at and know that like, uh, it's cause I like messed up and you don't hold it against you forever. Right. Or like, yeah. uh, you learn that balance of what it's like to kind of get yelled at, uh, for doing something wrong. And then, you know, not the end of the world, just be better, <laughs> you know, just do it better next time. And you'll be all right. But yeah, I think it creates a mental toughness that you just can't get anywhere else. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, look, you got, what is it like? Uh, even the college football now has like the transfer pool. You know, if you don't like it, you transfer to this place. And then, yeah. You know, and, and even in little places, um, you know, you see it with free agency too and, you know, stick it out and, and, and put the work in. But even in my classroom, you know, I have an A student recently who got dinged up because, uh, she had a little cell phone out and I get to talking to the mom and she goes, well, wasn't this situation a little harsh? She is an A student. And I'm like, well, because she's an A student, she knows what to do. It should yeah. be harsh. Like, what are we doing here? So yeah. you're saying by being good, you, you know, you've earned the right to break the rules. And it's just like, come on, man. So yeah. it, it's that little thing. And, and, and I guess in that aspect, it's like we're, we're always looking for an excuse to blame the other guy. And totally. this guy walks right up to the kid. He goes, you squat or you get out. And it's just, <laughs> you know, and oh, anyone, who's, anyone who's a coach or dealt with people who are to lead teams to some degree. Sure. You know, even my wife right now, she's working through this leadership conference, taking on a new deal. But everyone who's been in leadership wants to do that sometimes with one guy. You know what I mean? Or one lady. Come on. Yeah. And it fired me up. Yeah, dude, totally. And you know, I love it. There's- <laughs> There's always, it's, it's like a battle as old as time. Like somebody who wants to get big and just does upper body work versus needing to do squats. Right. Like, uh, man, I love it. Cause like, <laughs> um, and i tell you what, even though this dude, you might think of him as just some like meathead, like trying to get, trying to get like as big as he can. Right. But he's bringing in some cultural, uh, some cultural points here. You know, he's talking about yeah. orchestras in this article. He's talking <laughs> about, he's talking about, uh, our pieces of art in this, in this, uh, article, man, like, he, he knows what's up. Like he was cracking me up when he was talking about, where was it? Uh, <laughs> he was on his, he was laying back on the incline bench and waving two little dumbbells around. Like he was leading the Boston pops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which yeah, by yeah. the way, I had to look these guys up because I was like Boston pops. I figured it was an orchestra. Right. But I, uh, I had to, I had to confirm. And did you know Shaquille O'Neal in 2010 
led the Boston Pops. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. He was the, the most watched video by them by far is Shaquille O'Neal leading them. <laughs> and that brings up a great visual of a kid on an incline. You know, you can see him just with the two dumbbells uh, oh, kind of flailing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but I love it, it. It, so it's good stuff. And um, I mean, you were talking about it too. And, you know, the fixation with him on the squats, he probably did this not knowing just how big of a movement it was. And what, what was the line you brought to me or asked me? I mean, I don't know if this is when you want yeah, to bring it so up, but pop quiz for everybody. And I'll pause for effect after the question, right? But like yeah, pop quiz, right. how many muscles? And so this, this is coming from, this isn't just like me giving some like fun trivia. This is coming from an article written by uh, Brad Schoenfield, who's like the guy when it comes to muscle hypertrophy uh, or training for muscle hypertrophy and understanding exactly what, so hypertrophy simply means like gaining muscle size, you know, uh, getting big. Right. Um, but when we talk about a squat and compound movements, like how, how many muscles do you think gets activated when you do a squat? I'll pause. I'll give you a second to think about it. The answer is 200, 200 <laughs> muscles. That's insane. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, like, you know, uh, so here I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little bit of where it is. So more of a multi joint movements, blah blah blah. The squat, for example, dramatically recruits not only the quadriceps femoris, so your quads and your hip extensors, so your glutes, uh, but also the other lower body muscles, including your hip adductors, so your groin, uh, your hip abductors, so that your your glutes on the outside of your hips, and your triceps sura, otherwise like your calf muscles, right? Um, in addition. Uh, significant isometric activity is required by a, wide, well, by a wide range of supporting muscles, including your abs, your erector spinae, so your big back muscles all across your, or right beside your spine, uh, your traps, your rhomboids, uh, so your mid and upper back, and many others to facilitate postural stabilization of the trunk. In all, it is estimated that over 200 muscles are activated during squat performance. To achieve a comparable degree of muscle coverage, uh, would re- would necessitate the performance of dozens of single joint uh, movements, a strategy that is both both inefficient and impractical. Mm. Now, I wonder too if you tune this guy up because uh, John's also saying when you hit these squats, if you want them for growth, you got to go for twenty, and <laughs> the the last five need to be in question. So, I, I also wonder too, like you know, it'd be cool to take something to the next step. Like, okay, this is. Um, you know, this is a 50% load. This is a body weight squat. This is a goblet squat. Oh, this is the tail end of, you know, putting your body weight on the barbell and going for a 20 rep back squat. Cause I'm sure something has to change. I've had guys working these 20 rep squats, um, in 15s for a few weeks. And, uh, uh, one of our clients, um, Austin's crushing it and he's going, it's like cardio. And, yeah. and in my personal experience, you know, getting into some of these high rep squat numbers, what I'm noticing is it feels like packing an elk out at the end of those sets. I mean, you, you are, you are in it yeah. <laughs> and you are, you are doing the, you know, you're breathing hard. Um, you're trying to figure it out. You're questioning your life choices and uh, you know, you're putting work in and yeah. to also some degree that type of a, that type of an intensity push also has to lend itself something. I mean, from a, from a physiological standpoint, there's just all kinds of chemistry going on that, that, that is good for growth. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, and so like, <clears throat> yeah, I think when we look at muscle hypertrophy, there, there's a lot of different variables that you, that you want to look at. There's, um, time under tension, right? There's, 
Uh, so like there's a big argument made in a lot of the literature that you need to have like a powerful, like a concentric face or like a quicker concentric. So like if we're talking about the squat, that'd be the standing up portion and then a little bit of a slower, a little bit of a longer eccentric face. Uh, so the lowering portion. And so like, uh, that's doing a bunch of things like, uh, one is time and retention, but two, we want to like stimulate different, uh, hormones and squats have been shown time and time again. Uh, to increase both our testosterone and our growth hormone levels compared to like single joint exercises, right? Um, there's like, so you got your hormone levels, you've got just like this amount of tension that you put your body under is dramatically um, required, I guess I can say for, for muscle growth and muscle hypertrophy. So the squat is a really good example of that. Now, I will say, and so like, that's where he's kind of getting after like, you know, doing a set of 20, but those last five should be questionable, right? Like yeah. um, he, he's getting after it from a mindset standpoint and like a, like the mentality of um, like taking this thing seriously. And if you, and if you remember our previous uh, chats, that's what we talk about, right? Is the uh, being concentrated, like having concentration in the gym, being and get, planning on getting after it. Like, so he's kind of feeding or leaning onto that. Like, no, you're here to work. Right. But what he's yeah. not understanding or what he's what he's <laughs> understanding but not but not like um, the physiology of it all is that is that uh rep to failure is actually incredibly required if you want to get true muscle size and muscle hypertrophy so um i love it man there's a lot that he's kind of getting after here yeah and having tinkered with it you know there again some of the guys are like um uh, he goes something's happening my quads seem bigger. I'm like, well, hopefully, because that's what we want to happen. And it's not something, it's the thing, you know what I mean, too? And, and, and if you read a lot of his programs and his sequencing and training, you do understand that this is also a level of intensity that's required at the tail end of this bulk phase that he wants you on. These are days where, you know, and this fits in the con like, if you look at the rest of this workout and you, you know, you hear 20 rep back squat, you hear squat till you bleed and you hear good after it. But the whole workout on this session that he ultimately gets into is you're doing three sets of 12 pressing two sets of squats, 20, and then you're doing pullovers and getting the hell out of the gym. So, yeah. you know, and he's also does say at one point, <laughs> here's another thing about the intensity he's requiring. Um, if you don't need 15 minutes between sets, you didn't yeah. go at it hard enough. So, it's picking your battles too. So there yeah. is some context I think that needs to matter. I mean, if you're doing this, you know, um, again, I love the CrossFit community to get people training hard, but the, the problem here would be, okay, we're going to 20 rep back squat Monday. We're going to 20 rep back squat Wednesday. We're going to 20 rep back squat Friday. That would not work. And then on Saturday, we're going to do Murph. No, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it for the week. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that has to matter too. So you're going to really, you're really, you're really punching, punching yourself hard and yeah. you need to then set the stage to recover too. Yeah. Well, you see that in all different kinds of training, right? Like, um, yeah. man, like think about like a true plyometric training, right? I was just having this conversation with a guy yesterday where, um, we were talking about like, you know, he's a little bit of a, we'll call him a master's athlete, right? Like high level, like, uh, like he's going to, he's going over to Ireland here in a month to play in a world's level, like ultimate Frisbee tournament. Right. Um, awesome. <laughs> sick, right. There's so and, many things you just said there that I think would also have John turn his head. I, like, I, men men sure. are throwing Frisbees. No, but he'd love it. At least hey, he's doing you, something. <laughs> he's doing being something, vigorous. Right? Yeah, and like these guys, right. these guys are <laughs> athletic as hell, man. It's insane. But like, 
he's, you know, he's a little bit on the older side, I guess, for like, you know, a high level athlete. And, uh, and by older side, I mean like mid, mid to upper thirties, right? Like nothing crazy. Um, but he's having like some Achilles and some, uh, some Achilles and calf issues. And, uh, we were talking about doing some, like, we need to get his Achilles kind of like loaded up in a way that that's going to be advantageous for him when he's playing a sport. And one of them, of course, is like those tendons need endurance, but, um, the other thing is like, they need to be able to transfer load and transfer force. Like that is what tendons do. So we needed to do some plyometric work and he's like, yeah, but I don't want to be fatigued out for my games. And I'm like, brother, I was like, I'm not talking about doing like, you know, timed box or box jumps for time. Right. Or barbell, barbell, bumpy barbell, burpee jump overs or whatever. Right. Like, um, I'm talking about like, we're going to hit like five reps at a 75 to 80% effort level on like a hex bar deadlift. And then I want you to do three max, max effort box jumps, three sets of that done. That's all I want yeah. you to do, you know? And, and you should be like, that should be plenty. And because I need you to give me max effort every single time. And I, and I say that to say like in his program, like, yeah, there's three exercises because if you're doing them at the intensity level, that he said or that like, he's saying that you should be doing them. You shouldn't be able to give anything else, right? That's like right. you shouldn't be able to do anything. You should be you should be gassed at the end of that. So it's not like this, Oh, I'm going to save myself for the rest of the workout. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about here. There's a time for that for sure. Because like, uh, I think, and we'll get into this later in terms of like some of the stuff I disagree on, but, uh, there, but with what we're talking about here, you need to be able to hit this intensity level, get to this mind space or this mindset space where this is what you're given everything to, and then do that and then be done with it. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and that thing about save, save yourself for the workout, you know, you see that a lot too. Like, what, totally. oh, I don't want to hit the, I don't want to prep too hard. I don't want to, I don't want to lose energy for the workout. You know, I don't want to hit the strength too hard because I have the workout over. And that's the other thing when you get these complicated kind of timed fix, you need to get fixated on the, these times. And, and this guy in this article, I just, it, the hyper focus is also great too. Cause you, you miss some of that. You know, so I love the focus aspect so, of it. What do you? So, what do you disagree with? I want to get right into that. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, What'd I don't necessarily disagree. Like, it's tough to say. Like, disagree. I think that he's missing some pieces, though. Um, okay, I cool. do. I do like. So, like, I agree that, like, dude, like the squat, like, it's a, it's a no brainer. Like, it's a great exercise to do, right? Um, but I also don't necessarily agree with the fact that it is the end all be all. If you want to gain size, you have to squat, right? Um, I think that that like he, he obviously loves to squat. And I think there's a lot of really good evidence to support the squat. Right. But I'm also looking at some of my patients or I'm thinking about some of the people that I've worked with. We're like having them do a 20 rep, like to the effort level that we're wanting them to do. I feel like I could get um, just as good, if not better uh, training results with doing some other exercises. Because again, what we're looking to do is get to this, like is a hit a level of mechanical stress that forces metabolic adaptation right and forces ourselves to have to like be like we need to change we need to do something we need to grow to to handle the stress that we're going under that is that is muscle hypertrophy and so like uh, and one of the other things that muscle hypertrophy requires is maximum motor unit recruitment right so uh if you want so like when you start digging into the weeds of things so like if you're looking, so like squash for the general population, like that's what we're looking at. I think that makes a lot of sense. But like, say I'm working with uh, an athlete who has like, all right, so let's take my Achilles tendon guy, right? And let's say that he's more of a, a hamstring side. So like, say he's constantly dealing with hamstring strains. 
if all I have them do is squats over and over and over again, uh, it's, it's been proven that like, you're just not going to get as much like hamstring activation as you would if you would do like an RDL. Right. So like, if I wanted to get like maximum hypertrophy changes to a specific muscle group, then that's where these more like, um, like multi or single joints are these like single joint exercises come into play because that is going to maximize your motor unit recruitment of specific muscles. Right. And that maximum motor unit recruitment is what's needed for muscle hypertrophy changes to, to happen. Sure. And what, what ends up coming, you'll see later in some of the work that this guy likes to do is um, this would be a piece of it. And a lot of times what he ends up doing where the squat base program, similar to what we talked about in, um, you know, set up one, if remember set up one, you know, we're doing an overhead press, um, then we're doing a bent over row, then we're doing the bench, then we're hitting that set of curls. By the way, you know, they, you do that, you know why you do that curl? I got into it because I keep tinkering with why they throw that mm-hmm. curl in that initial program. I think he just wants to get work done. You know, you're, you know, if you're doing it in one squat rack, yeah, he's ultimately, I think after you get the bench, he's like, oh, you got to pick the bar up anyway. <laughs> and you got to clean the weights up anyway. So while you're doing it, you might as well wow. just get a set of curls in. That's what yeah, I think I it is. It, right? Then you put it up. But, um, but you come to find out that as the programs evolve, um, there'll be like a general bulk day. And then yeah. after that bulk day, they'll specifically target particular areas. Oh, your shoulders suck. Hit this on this day. You know, um, you know, after your bulk day, your calf suck, hit the calf day. So yeah. you, you come, you come to see some of that. Um, I also just, you know, too, um, I think this is also written for the generalist. Like, again, going back to his initial story, who's he talking to the kid who just started training, who isn't doing Jack. Yeah. So, um, he, I, th- I think what he really wants to do in a way is just to build a culture in his gym where when he gets new fruit, uh, he wants it to ripen tough. He yeah. wants it. He <laughs> wants it to do it. It's certain things. So yeah. no, I, th- I, I, yeah, no. So I'm with you on that. You know, sometimes. So where, when do you think that specialty comes? Do you think that that specialty comes when you're trying to force that adaptation to an athlete uh, who's been injured, or yeah. do you think that that's like in the coaches to to wait for that coach to uh, fish for what the kid wants, or you know, when does the coach start to push that? I mean, how long do you stay on a generalist program? Because the way yeah. How long would you stay on it? Yeah. So I think, well, I think there's a lot of different variables that go into it, right? Like, um, like I would take some of the, some of the people that I've worked with where like, they don't feel particularly awesome when they like in a squat position. Right. Yeah. Um, now should they squat? Yeah, sure. But, um, like what he's talking about here with like, you know, a barbell back squat is the, is the type of squat that he's talking about. Right. Um, a lot of people that I work with just don't like, especially as we start getting older, right? Like, uh, so we started, like, I work with a lot of people that are like, we, what I would consider like middle-aged, right? Like somewhere between like the 35 to 55 age range. Right. And that, um, that's, there's a lot of, uh, life that's happened in those decades. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a lot of people just don't have the flexibility or the mobility or the movement patterns to be able to do a squat, um, to parallel, uh, or below, um, and handle the loads and handle the volume that he's talking about here. But what a lot of people can do is if I split them out and they can, they can hit a very, they can hit like a similar range, uh, range of motion and get that same intensity level that we're looking at, um, and still get those same training adaptations while kind of sneaking them into the squats. Right. So 
Um, I do think that it, it's, it's kind of like a person to person or it's personal. It's independent of, or it's dependent on what they're at and what they're doing, what their training volume is or training status is. Um, but if I'm taking like a GP piece or if I'm taking like a general pop person who can squat, and then I think if I understand your question correctly, like what would be, how long would I stick like your average person in this program before moving them on to something else? Yeah. And adding some more specialty business. Ah, I got you. Um, yeah. So I think like we would, it'd almost be like, we would need to build some, some training volume first. That would be my main objective because I think what people forget all the time is that fitness is not just being able to hit a single workout, but it's being able to hit like multiple workouts throughout the week and not feel like you're about to like, you know, keel over, you know, yeah. that you wake up the next morning and like, you're so sore, you can't get out of bed. Um, but right. so I would need to get at least probably a four to six. If I'm taking somebody who's got like minimal training background or a minimal training experience for the past, like couple of years. Right. Um, and this is a true for somebody that's like, tr- you know, trained all throughout their twenties. And then I have something in their forties and like, they haven't trained in two decades. Right. Like we're starting from ground zero at that standpoint. Um, so like, I would probably need them to be in, in a general building phase for at least four to six weeks. Um, before I start like really hammering home with some of these other things, like I might throw some stuff in there just from like, a uh, keep things fresh. Cause like we're humans, like we, especially in today's age with technology and, and social media and everything, like we're easily distracted and, and easily bored. Right. Um, but the meat and potatoes of the workout is going to be a, a general a GPP type or general physical preparedness program, like what we're talking about. And then I'll start diving into, okay, here's where we're starting to notice some of the in, insufficiencies of what you need from what you're lack or like, here's some holes that we're seeing. Right. So like, um, Oh, with, with your squats, what we like, you're not able to hit the the volume or not able to hit the weight that we're looking at because of name your pick your poison, right? Like your, your right leg is stronger than your left. Right. Yeah. Or you have, uh, you're more quad dominant than you are hamstring dominant, uh, which you should be, but maybe that, maybe that ratio is too great. Right. Um, or maybe you, um, you have some hip abductor weakness that we've, that we've peeled out. Right. Or, um, so that's when I would start diving into some of the more like specialty based movements, um, after we've built this, uh, foundation and we can really start, cause if it, it's kind of like teaching the kids, like, uh, like you're a coach, right. With your, with your kids, uh, baseball. So like, if like all of a sudden we start throwing a million different, like cues and a million different, like swing strategies at somebody before we've just let them get some reps and swing and a bat around, like we're taking two steps backwards for every one step forward that we take. We're just not making any progress there. So there's gotta be some baseline foundation uh, building period, and then you can move on, but that's typically about four to six weeks. And then we can, and then we can go from there. Yeah. And that's how I've kind of run this workout actually, you know, tinkering with some folks and trying it myself. It was like, you know, I wanted to hit about a month of the base program. We talked with one and then I, for two weeks ran this, Yeah, you know, and I put it on a Wednesday. And it was just like hit it midweek, you know, you, you spend one day kind of ramping up to it, you blow it out on Wednesday, and then you get right back to, you know, hitting some 15s on Friday to get, you know, uh, to get ready for next week. So, and it, it, it seems to be pretty good. It, I like the push, um, but it's definitely not one to run forever. And yeah. uh, to just put it into, put it into the scope of, again, the context, this is like the initial phase. This would be like, you know, your bulk phase, you know, if I were, if I were training a football team and I wanted to kind of throw bulk at them, you know, this would be something that I would think about doing perhaps, um, right at the start of the off season training, you know, but the closer we got to, um, August camp, you know, we're tinkering in threes and ones, you know what I mean? And then from there I walk it back. So, 
Um, totally. So, so yeah, there, there are some context about where it would, where it would fit into the scope of the larger program. Now I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And then, you know, we got like, uh, because <clears throat> I think the, the biggest piece here, uh, if I had to be the biggest, like if I was going to the biggest, like a uh, critique I would have of this portion of the, of the book is not necessarily that, or it's not even really a critique. It's just like the main point of the squat article, I would argue is not actually the squats. <laughs> it's actually like the, the, this work to failure that he's talking about, that is yeah. going to get you the biggest hypertrophy changes, right? Like you can't go, if you're looking for true muscle size change, uh, you're trying to really get that true hypertrophic uh, change in your muscle tissue. You have to stress it to a level of fatigue and uh, squats. If you're going to do that, you might as well do most squats because of what we talked about earlier, you're going to stimulate over 200 muscles. You're going to get a huge, uh, this multi-joint or this compound movement is going to get a huge hormonal release. So if you're going to spend that much effort on something, don't waste, don't, there's a better, it's not a waste of your time, but there's a better use of your time to do with us than doing that with a barbell, like curl, right? Like, yeah, uh, you, you should probably be doing with something like a squat. So and let me ask you this in, in the article that you pulled up to kind of bring up some stuff, you know, he also, and then you kind of tinker in technique zone when you brought up the swing in this particular squat too, on this 20 rep, he, he comes out of the way to say, um, don't go all the way down. I want you mm-hmm. stopping around parallel. And to me, that looks, it's almost like a pull to even looking at some of Cal Dietz work where you want that slight isometric contraction in the bottom, not just eccentric, concentric. Cause I did tinker with it. I, I did, wasn't jacked up and getting muscle stimulators on my quads, but I'll tell you what, um, I'm a, f- when I first read this, I was like, no, um, Olympic weightlifting, Ask the grass, I'm getting down. Uh, I'm more fatigued when I stop short. Totally. It's, it's a different level of muscle recruitment. So is, is that also speaking to that too, where are we getting more muscle recruitment by uh, putting the brakes on and, and then trying to power out of the hole as opposed to, you know, bouncing off the heels, which yeah. is what, this is my preferred squat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, and look, there's, there's all kinds at the end of the day, what I can say is this, is that like evidence is probably like, if we really started looking at it, you can find an article that tells you anything that you want to hear when it ter- comes to like what range of motion that you should go into. And what that probably means is that we don't really know at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> uh, so like it, it's, it's all kind of gray. And, but like exactly to your point of what you're talking about, there is a dedicated stop phase, right? And it's a, and it's not a stop that's like your 10 inches rebounding out of the hole for you, right? Like when you go to when you go to parallel, which by the way, y'all, like parallel is not 90 degrees. Like those are two totally different ranges of motion there. So like 90 degrees would actually be quite a bit above parallel because when we squat, our shins move forward. So like when you get to parallel, you're actually probably closer to about 100 to 120 degrees than you are 90 degrees. Um, but these joint angles matter because, uh, there's this, it's a, it's called like a, a length tension relationship with our muscles. And so like, so if we, an easy example to visualize would be a bicep curl, right? Like our muscle is at the, at the length where we're at 90 degrees, our muscle is actually the strongest there because we have the most, um, cross or like cross bridge connection there with our muscles, which is how our muscles contract. They've got these little like bridges, like these fingers that like pull across, like as a bridge, right? Like a draw bridge. Um, but 
Uh, if, and if you try to, so say holding like, um, I don't know, we'll call it a 40 pound dumbbell at 90 degrees. That's going to be a lot easier than trying to hold it at like 175 degrees, right? Like you're it's like mechanical it. advantage. I mean, 100%. all movements have the mechanical advantage and you have a spot in the movement where you're at the disadvantage. Totally. So like when you hit that parallel squat, you're, you're staying within a range that you're mechanically the most advantageous at. And when you do that, you're going to be able to handle bigger loads. And when you handle bigger loads, you're going to get more most motor unit recruitment. When you get more motor unit recruitment, you're going to get, in theory, more muscle hypertrophy. So, uh, yeah, the range in theory matters because we want to be able to get as much. And this specific article that we're talking about, we want to get as much muscle hypertrophy as possible. Yeah, and he says it a bunch of times, like even later articles where they bring up snatching and power cleaning and he goes, hey, you're not an Olympic lifter. You know, it's not totally what we're sport, doing. Right? You know what I mean? We are. So you can even see some of the specificity he's getting at. We're trying to force growth. We're trying to get folks bigger. And again, and again, in the context of who he's trying to train here, he's got a 130 pound kid. He's trying to get, you know, big, pump, right? get, get took a guy trying to be a police officer from 140 <laughs> to 230, apparently, you know, <laughs> and yeah, driven to the Hulk. My goodness. <laughs> breaking necks by back slapping him. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, be be careful with how much power you can overdo it. And that, <laughs> please, I'd like that problem. Use caution, you know I mean? right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and like, um, and you know, like, I, I think that there's like, uh, there is a difference between like a power lifter and a bodybuilder, right? Or and an Olympic lifter and yeah. or a, a field and court athlete. There's a ton of differences because then what we want to think about too is like you actually going to get probably get more glute activation at the bottom of a squat, right? Uh, because of the way our, like we require more hip extension out of the bottom. So we're going to get more. So it's all, all dependent. So like, don't take this and be like, Oh, you know, like, well, Jake and Joe told me that squatting <laughs> the parallel is the best way to squat that just like everything in the world, nothing in the world is black and white. Everything is gray. The answer is, is always going to be, it depends on what your goal is, but if your goal is to start off as to um, you, use these big squats to get big, then like probably stopping the parallel is all you're really going to need. Um, and all you're really going to probably want to do. Um, and that's not to say it's making it any easier. It's just probably going to be a little bit more advantageous to get the motor unit recruitment that you're looking for. Love it on board. Yeah, I'll tell you, in a, another spot he was ahead. I mean, when I was training with, um, you know, not training with, but I'd pop in and talk with Donnie Thompson a bit in his spot, the compound in Columbia. Um, he always had like a bunch of different bars. Yeah. Like he had Ooh, this bar yeah, for that, this bar for, for that, sure. the, the football bar, this bar does this, this bar is weighted like that. And even you go back into some of the West side stuff, you know, um, Louis Simmons, you know, we're going to track the PR with the safety squat bar, the PR with the squat bar, the PR on the squat rack. And, 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 this guy also says you need a squat bar and he wants a little curve to it. And uh, most folks can't get that natural curve by throwing a bunch of weight on it. He says he goes so far as to take a sledgehammer <laughs> to the center of your bar to get a curve into it. And that's your bars. squat bar. Yeah. You know, and, and even guys now, I mean, they're the camber bars are a thing. And you see this uh, uh, guys will have some shoulder issues squatting uh, with a straight bar as well. And guys also say, you know, I've heard Donnie say, if you squat with this, you know, especially out here, Chris Duffin, he's manufacturing a Cambridge bar that's um, pretty legit and lots of groups are doing it. But So explain that they, bar for a second, just in case somebody doesn't know what, what you're talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. So, and, and I've not been on one before, um, but these guys swear by them. But it's kind of a curved bar. If you, if you can imagine, 
imagine half a circle and that's your barbell instead of a straight bar. That's what we're yeah. talking about. So it's not that drastic, but um, he, he's, he's pushing that, you know what I mean? So, um, and, and you can see the big power this is, you know, guys who are big, strong, have girthy shoulders who've been squatting for a while. It's funny too, you know, those big, strong guys, they need to get on these curve bars for a bunch of reasons. And um, in particular for them, they're pushing shoulder health, but on, on his standpoint, he's saying this is just going to be the most comfortable bar to squat with. Totally. It's the most comfortable bar to squat with. And he's talking about, and this is what you'll see a lot in, in the in research today is uh, like the, the bar movement, right? Like he's talking about how it just has a better glide to it when there's a little bit of a curve, right? It had just a better snap to it. Like, that's true. Like, that's why you see stuff like, uh, like the bar that you're the talking about. The balance is better. Balance is a little better. Yeah. You know, like the way, the way the bars. So like, uh, you know, when we squat, we're always trying to keep our center of gravity over our base of support. Like that's what we want. Right. But our center of gravity is biased and changed based off where that bar sits on our shoulders. So if it's in front of our shoulders, that's why that's, that's why a front squat's more comfortable for, than a back squat for certain people. Uh, and so like a safety bar, for example, it kind of sits in your shoulders in like this, like harness type set, uh, fashion. And like that, the way it hits your center of gravity is different than being truly on your back. So uh, that's what they're kind of talking about with like this curved bar. Uh, it, it messes with your center of gravity just enough to where it's easier to stay over top of your base of support and allows you to get those bigger reps in. Um, so you yeah, more of a center mass effect. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then that curvature is what we're talking about. Like it almost has like a little bit of a snap to it. I'm assuming that like, you know, when you, when you talk about that stop and you have that curved bar, you can almost use that like rebound effect to like sling yourself back up. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of advantages to having that curved bar there, but I did think it was funny. Like I've never once thought about taking a sledgehammer to a bar. Um, you'd have to be uh, quite the blacksmith for that. I feel like I'd form more of a V than a curve was if I did something like that, you know? <laughs> and listen, I do have, you know, I have, um, we have five barbells in my garage. I have two men's bars, two females bars, and I have the kitty. I have the kitty bar, and uh, I was close. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I want to stick to the program so much, and I was like, I said I was going to. You know, there's this quote: "If you want to surprise people, do what you say you're going to do." And I'm trying to run this book for the year, and uh, I almost did it, but I can't. <laughs> I think I'd rather think I'd rather drive to Chris's spot in Portland and just go buy one and see what I can't get off the discount rack. Totally. <laughs> I'm just showing up. I'll, yeah. I'll take some, I'll take some Lucy meat to power up their books and slap them on the counter. What can I trade? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. can I barter with you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if he's the bartering type that dude eat, ate. That, grew, that dude grew up eating porcupine. So I don't know. He's probably pretty tough. <laughs> totally. Dude, yeah. And so like, man, what, what a cool article. I mean, like, so at, at to summarize it, yeah, you should be doing squats, especially if you want to gain size, right? Like you're just going to, there's a, if nothing else, I think of nothing else from a time-saving standpoint, right? Like, I guess at the end of the day, the point of it is being like, sure, you could do 20 different single joint exercises uh, or dozens of, so like, you know, more than that, like, uh, you could do 40 different, we'll say 40 different single joint exercises and try to get that done in a day and be consistent with yeah. that. I dare you. Right. Or just do a freaking squat, man, and go hard with it. Well, the, and the only group that I think is getting close to doing that many different exercises is our, again, and I, I love the CrossFit community train so hard and I love it. And if you look at the scope of their training, over the week, they're probably getting close to that many different exercises. Cause I've been in that room. Oh, we did this on Monday. We need to do that on Tuesday. Let's do this now. Oh, 
you know, we got a couplet on this day. We need to get a chipper in this day. Oh, and it's Saturday. People are coming in. It's going to be nice out. Let's get the hero wad in. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say, look, pick one day and maybe don't do all the stuff and maybe do this small workout and see what happens. And I would honestly put it, if you're, if you're like a Monday, Wednesday, um, Friday, Saturday guy, do this 20 rep squat, give it all you got. Um, and do it on either your Wednesday or your Saturday and just let it simmer, you know, don't go bunch and do and see what happens because, you know, my favorite line in this book is, um, I'll, I'll change the context on it, but you know, if you want, um, if you want arms like a blacksmith and you want a chest that brings out the beast in your old lady, uh, you, you need to get squatting a little bit and, you know, you know, put the simmer on it and just get it, man. Um, this, this, this was an article that pulled at my heartstrings. One of my favorite in the whole book. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I think it's worth it's, uh, I think it's worth its weight in words. Dude, totally. A lot of, a lot of gold in there. A lot of really good evidence that we talked about here. And so at the end of the day, y'all get squatting, uh, improve the strength and size of 200 different muscles. And uh, we'll Can't see believe you next it. time. <laughs> Can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.